Rolling and the sound is speeding. Check. Hi, welcome to another episode of This Week with Drew. This is This Week with Drew for Thursday, December 3rd. Uh, oh yeah, 2020 with Shkan. On today's episode, we have a guest on for the very first time. And a freestyle intro. Cause you know that's how the podcast go on the intro When you got the fucking freestyle flow When you don't wanna stop till you get to the top And your ass drop And the booty stop And the wop up up And the bagel stop <laughs> And the bagel stop buddy Fuck man Hello hi welcome to another episode This week of Drew This is this week of Drew For Thursday December 3rd Yo I got the fucking cord on the piano back here yeah, I think it is. Fucking. Uh... Is that the song? Is that the song I want to play? I don't care. Um, hi, welcome to the show. So on today's episode, this is very exciting. The first, uh, ep- the first episode of this week with Drew in the third iteration. Uh, with that, Scott, an interview. When I first started this show in 2012, it was just an interview based. Uh, based. I was ripping off Marin. I really like WTF, so I'm like, fuck it, I'm just going to rip off Marin. So I just ripped off Marin. And I did that for like 14 episodes. Some of you people might even have listened to that show. I'm guessing that uh, maybe half the people that are listening to this right now listened to the when the, the eight-year-ago version. And then it, it exploded. And then I always liken it to, uh, in my mind, it's like The Watchmen. If you ever re- read the, the comic book or graphic novel, The Watchmen by Alan Moore, um, or fucking watch the movie or whatever. Zack Snyder did like a pretty much like a pretty decent version. Whatever. It's it's up for debate whether that movie's good or not. But I think it was like if you read the comic book, it's pretty much like frame, a frame for frame remake with they just twisted the ending, which I honestly wasn't even that mad about. Like the uh, ending in the original Watchmen is like completely different, but it still kind of makes sense to the to the plot. Anyways. Fucking Dr. Manhattan is this guy, John, and then he fucking gets himself, like, disintegrated in this thing. And then, like, so I disintegrated my podcast in 2012. And then there was, like, I brought it back. There was, like, a flash of it in, like, 2015 or 16. I did, like, two episodes. And it was, like, in the comic books when he, like, fucking... When, like, Man- Dr. Manhattan's, like, skeleton, like, fucking... <clears throat> it, like, surfaces, like, it, like, magically appears in the fucking... In the recesses of the of this laboratory where he was disintegrated and then it just goes away. And then, and then it like materializes. Like I did it once more as like a Facebook video. Like one time I did a Facebook video in like 2000 and like, I don't know, maybe like 17. I did like a, this week with Drew. That was like a three minute Facebook video. That was like a very crude, like idea of what this podcast is. And then it was like when his body, like, and then his body like materialized for just one second and then it like went away. And then like two years later, this fucking thing came out fully fleshed. And it was like when he came back as like Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> and I just had this fucking wow right on my head. Not to say that this podcast is like Dr. Manhattan level good. It's quite the opposite, actually. <laughs> uh, but fucking, uh, anyways, on today's show. We got a fucking guest, man. I interviewed uh, my uh, good buddy and very funny comedian, Mark DeBonis. Mark DeBonis just released uh, a new comedy sketch hybrid album called Minutia. It's available through Comedy Records on all streaming platforms. 
So, uh, yeah, I interviewed him. We're going to throw to that uh, uh, in just a little bit. So that's stick around, man. This is it's a zoo. We did a Zoom call, but he's got a good mic and I got a good mic. So I think it should sound good. The audio and Zoom, when you record it, it gives you the video and the audio separate. So I, it's like that's nice. I can like tune up the audio here in audition and fucking yeah. And okay, also, oh, oh, oh uh, our sponsor, this is what I want to do before the interview uh, doorstepwellness.ca. Shout out doorstepwellness.ca. They've got um, a good promo going on right now, a sick promo for the Drew Crew for everybody, but they're giving away a bunch of fucking dope, a bunch of hash, and an iPad, bro. So you got to go to their website, and then it's just like with an order. So use the promo code Drew to get 10% off and a free eighth and a free gram. And then you'll get entered to win for iPad and like literally like a fuck ton of dope and all this shit, man. So they're like, cause this, they're just launching right now. So they're trying to get more custies cause they're legit, man. So like if you smoke dope, you should go there. <laughs> That's my ad read for the week. Is fucking doorstepwellness.ca. Use the promo code Drew. Get 10% off your order and a free eighth and a free gram of hash. And you could pro- probably maybe win an iPad and a bunch of fucking free dope. So yeah. Doorstepwellness.ca. Doorstepwellness.ca. No, I got to come up with a fucking jingle for that. Doorstep Wellness. .ca. <laughs> I don't know how to fucking, what would be a good jingle for them fucking, I usually, I'm good at coming up with like stupid jingles, like, yo, if I ever get a chance to write a commercial for fucking, uh, for like a, I want to write a commercial for buttermilk pancake mix, because <laughs> I've had this song in my head for like five years and it's just like, buttermilk pancake mix, buttermilk pancake mix, buttermilk pancake mix. Buttermilk pancake mix. And then when me and Danny lived together, sometimes in the morning we'd have buttermilk pancake mix. Buttermilk pancake mix. And I just have an idea of this commercial where there's like a fucking dad and he's just like buttermilk pancake mix. And then he's like trying to get his kids like stoked. And he's like buttermilk pancake. And they're like, dad, like you suck. And he's just going around a buttermilk pancake mix. And he's until finally like the mom gets hyped and then whatever. Then one kid's like, ah, fuck it. And then the whole family gets hyped. And they're like buttermilk pancake mix. Buttermilk pancake mix. And they're all just like dancing around the table doing like buttermilk pancake mix. And then there's like a knock on the door and it's the fucking mailman. And he's just like, you, this family is fucked but then it's just like yo and then it cuts to like what fucking the you know the box with the buttermilk pancakes mix and the slogan is like some shit like you know maybe the slogan is like uh they're all crazy and it's like buttermilk pancake mix is just like fucking start your day off fun or something no i can do better than that Uh, it's just fucking buttermilk pancake mix. It's a fucking earworm. Trust me. Now that you guys hear this, that's going to be stuck in your fucking head. Mm, buttermilk pancake mix. Buttermilk pancake mix. Buttermilk pancake mix. Hey, pancake mix. You, pancake mix. <laughs> okay, fucking A. Um, we did the sponsorship. We did how is my... Let's do a little bit of fucking... Uh, let's go. Oh, oh shit, I forgot how to play the piano. How was my week? Uh, my week is good, buddy. I got all my finals are coming in. My fucking last of the exams is coming in now, or the assignments. So I just got to do a couple ad reads. 
literally like literal like ad reads yo i'll do it for you right now buddy let's get some practicing on you fucking guys let's do a little practice here for you guys okay here's this is a mid-roll so this is actually a podcast advertisement so let's pretend like i got some more advertisements here starting a business is challenging even in the best of times Dropbox celebrates the bold founders who launched new ventures in 2020 despite everything. With remote work, the new reality, collaborative tools like Dropbox are becoming necessary for success. Dropbox Business is a virtual workplace that brings all your files and apps together for seamless collaboration. This helps teams of all sizes, from scrappy startups to global corporations, stay organized and connected wherever they may be. To learn more, go to dropbox.com slash teams at work and get 10% off using the code Drew at checkout. <laughs> and they'll give you a little weed too. Um, here's another one. Arrogant, demanding, type A. You've been called it all. You're never going to be a follower. You're never going to be a follower. But you're the ideal person to be a pilot. Canada has more jobs for pilots than pilots for jobs because there just aren't enough people like you. The Canadian Flight Academy at Oshawa Airport has openings in pilot school available now. We're not going to tell you how to contact the Canadian Flight Academy. So if you really are pilot material, you'll figure it out. All right, that's definitely a take two on that one. <laughs> that's good. That was, a, that was a cold read on that, though. So that's not bad for a cold read. <clears throat> Definitely not good. Uh, <laughs> so that's my homework. And then I'm fucking done, man. My for a whole first semester. So from in my brain, I'm 33% done this school because the last semester, like there's a couple of courses, but there's also practicum. So for me, I'm like going to like, for me, it's like a three, three semesters and then get to fucking work and then write a couple. Those are work related assignments. <laughs> so I'm like, kind of like in my brain, I'm like, Hey, I'm like a third of the way there, man. Like, let's fucking go. One more semester of this. I'm already, I registered for my next semester classes. I got Monday off. And then, uh, and, and so I got him and I got picked all the 8 a.m. classes too because I'm a fucking old man. <laughs> I love that. I was like, yes, they got all 8 a.m. classes for most of these. Like I'm taking them because they're virtual, man. So I'm up anyways because I'm an old man. And, uh, you know, old guys, they wake up. They just um, went. And in the words of my buddy Scott Belford, when I'm up, I'm up. <laughs> listen buddy when you're up you're up <laughs> scott belford if there's one thing i know about waking up it's that when you're up you're up Scott Belford impersonations. This is probably funny for nobody but me or people. I don't know. Maybe you guys know Scott Belford. Go look him up and then you'll think that impression is funny. Okay. Thank you to our sponsor. Thank you to my piano for getting a new cable. And I didn't even fucking use it because I don't remember how. When you're walking down. Walking down the street You gotta watch out For the dogs You poop and pee 
Wow. <laughs> Sad piano man. Oh, is that not even recording? Oh, whatever. Fuck it. Okay. That was, was going to be this leading into the interview. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to fucking throw to the interview. So now stick around. This is me and Mark the bonus talking about his new album, Minutia and lots of other stuff. I've never thrown him in the interview before. This is really whack. I got to treat it like I got to treat it like a fucking uh, like I'm bringing him up on stage. Okay. And now we're going to please enjoy my interview with Mark the bonus. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, it sounds good. <clears throat> well, right on, man. I'm happy we finally got this uh, lined up here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank well, no you. problem. This is you're the first person to ever be a guest on the podcast. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool, man, because you messaged me, and I had never, I never really thought about doing guests or anything. I, I mean, I guess I should say I thought about it, but uh, uh, I think it's cool, man, because I've always been like a fan of yours. Uh, since like I was an Alberta comic or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I remember those so, days. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. So where are you right now? Los Angeles. Are we recording? I'm recording it right now. Yeah. Oh, we're live. Okay. It's cool. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm gonna try. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Was... The people, the 20 people that listen to my podcast are cool with a lot of fucking like, sketchiness. They like to know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm in. Uh, I'm in Los Angeles now. So. But you were, were you here recently? I was. I was in Toronto um, in October, from October fifth to about November eleventh, I think. Oh yeah, just where, what were you doing? The album? Were you working on the album? No, it was actually like a whole bunch of stuff happened. Like I came back because I ended up. Uh, I was in works with a TV show for Bell Five. Oh, okay. And yeah. it kept getting pushed, and. Um, it kept getting pushed and then we finally came up with the date and we were hoping that the obviously the lockdown wasn't going to stop filming and not getting covid from flying and all this stuff so uh i went back and had to do a two-week quarantine and then uh yeah it was like everything kind of came at the same time like the album was coming out the next week so i was like finalizing all that or it was coming out the next month but i was like finalizing everything and then uh, getting ready to film the TV show. We were filming it in Kitchener. And uh, yeah, so it was just like a bunch of shit was happening. Oh, wow. That's crazy. So um, so what happened with the TV show then? What's going on with that? We filmed it. It's all now. It's done. And it's a pretty cool thing. It's, um, it's, it's called uh, Next Stage, Vaudeville and Variety Stories. Okay. So it's essentially like I... And the host of it, and I talk with vaudeville. Uh, not we talk about the history of vaudeville and how it evolved into so many different things we do and see today. But then oh, wow. also interviewing different variety performers. So we had like a strong man on. He was bending like horseshoes and uh, nails, and there was an aerialist who was doing like these silks that were at like uh, eighty feet high. Like in the, and we were in the museum. Like, it was pretty crazy. It was actually a really fun process. So they're now editing it, and uh, it'll hopefully be out on uh, Bell 5 uh, in, the, in the new year, January, February, or at least something, like a trailer. That's awesome, man. So was, what was the impetus for this? What, did you have a, an interest in vaudeville, or did they approach you, or did you approach them, or what, what started this project? 
I uh, the guy who runs the Waterloo Comedy Fest, Phil. We we you know we've been friends for a long time, and I was back in Toronto a couple of years ago, and I've always been like kind of fascinated with the whole variety performer side, like not as much vaudeville because I didn't like I just knew of it, but I wasn't like you know way, staying up at night thinking of vaudeville. But it was it was like uh, <laughs> but it was like a thing where we were kind of having a coffee, and he was like saying that he wanted to work on pitching a show because he had this person who wanted him to pitch something and he didn't really have any idea. So I literally was just like, why don't we do like variety performers in variety stores? And he just liked it. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And then, so we took that idea, went to the production company. They essentially like greenlit it because they already worked with Phil. They liked Phil and then they wanted to do it. And then the idea evolved. It had to be like, obviously COVID adapted because we couldn't have a live audience and it was going to be too hard to be in variety stores. So it evolved to what it is where I say, and it's, it looks really cool. Like I was watching, you know, on the, on the monitor as they were filming, like it's essentially, it looks like a vaudeville thing where it's a big open stage. The act comes out. Oh, you did it on a sound stage. Well, we were in a hotel. You, you guys it, did it, it on was, a... Yeah, it looks like it's a stage because the way it's shot, it looks like it's on like in a theater, you know, because there's like curtains behind oh. it and there's like a little smoke and lights and it, it honest to God looks amazing. And uh, I'm really happy with how it ended up coming out. And, you know, the the whole production was awesome. Like the director was really cool with, uh, me just kind of like riffing on stupid ideas and he let me go off on something. So if that's going to be funny, I don't know. Either way, the show's going to look awesome, I think. So I'm, I'm pumped for that. So as, so as you were hosting it, sorry, as you were hosting it, would you like do some like kind of chirps at the guys who were doing their vaudevillian acts or, or were you doing like almost like crowd work sort of stuff with these guys? It was, it was like more like, and again, I don't know if this is going to make it to air like in the actual show because we did two takes. But the for the performance side of it, it was just a straight performance. But then after I was able to do an interview. And then so the, one of the things that I wanted to do was because in my opinion, when you do a show that's like a, a, a talent style show where you're showing off talents, it's a fine line of looking like public access television or a good show. And I think the sure, one thing that yeah. we all we were all really aware of is we didn't want it to look like public access television. So one of the things that the director was like really cool with me doing was uh, I was like, hey, man, you know, it'd be funny if during an interview, one of the crew just starts kind of sweeping and cleaning the stage up behind me. And like, I kind of get mad at her for not being aware that a mid interview. And he's like, yeah, let's try this. So we ended up doing like a different like gag or whatever for each guest. Like there was like them cleaning, moving a light around. And and then so <laughs> I think he was cool with that because we were kind of making fun of public access television in that sense where it is right. such a shit show. But then also on like the weird side of things where I had this idea to have like an inner monologue with myself because as a comic, before you perform for me, I always am like talking to myself before I'm doing a show. Like, do I have everything ready? Is my door locked? Is the, am I going to bomb? Is the show going to go well? So then he actually was cool with me having this whole segment at the beginning of the episode where I'm having a conversation with my brain 
and my brain is played by this other guy, Mike Wood. And it's like, I'm, he's the brain, I'm the body. So I'm like insecure and he's like trying to pump me up. So it really was like this weird thing that ended up, you know, becoming like a really fun project. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it turns out, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to yeah. that too. That's great, man. Um, yeah. So it looks, it sounds like you've been keeping busy then. Trying to, you know, it's like, you know, I guess the idea of keeping busy when you have nothing going on for the past eight months is uh, it, what goes up comes down harder. But uh, yeah. now, you know, being back in Los Angeles, it's like I'm just trying to find ways to essentially create my own projects right now and trying to do like a podcast, trying to like write stuff, trying to get like a video thing going with uh, Garrett Jameson and just trying to like create some sort of structure and routine because uh, there's really it's just like there. There's kind of like a lockdown happening now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So what so you posted something today on Facebook, uh, speaking of TV shows, you had another yeah. TV show in the works in Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which yes, unfortunately that, didn't go through or tell me about your yeah, post today. They, um, so what happened was Canada, Netflix Canada had a, a Canada wide submission process. And you're able to pitch, I think up to two shows of four or five different categories. So I pitched an original show and an unscripted show. And uh, the unscripted kind of reality style show, game show, got through. And they um, they were like, congratulations, you're moving on to the next round, blah, blah, blah. So ended up uh, having like a Skype call with uh, one of the guys at Netflix. And everything was looking good. They wanted uh, a moment-by-moment pitch deck where essentially they wanted to know what's going to happen every moment of an episode because oh, wow. being an un- unscripted show, it's the same format every episode. It's just different ingredients, right? Right. So we did uh, a whole thing. It was about 40 pages and we sent it in. And then a week or two went by. Like he's like, okay, I'll look over this. I'll get back to you. And then he just replied being like very nice about it. But just like we were... Uh, you know, showing it around to the team. We don't think that this is uh, a Netflix, like it's not that it's not, it's not the word that he used was bingeable. He doesn't think that it was uh, Mm. a bingeable enough content because it's a self-contained show. So it kind of sucks in the sense of obviously it didn't happen. It was obviously good that we got that far. Like I'm, I'm aware of that, but yeah, it did. That's also an, Sorry, I was just going to say yeah. it was it's an interesting insight into what they're looking for. Exactly. And that was the big nugget of uh of information and also it it really did um uh, just kind of make me switch the idea around a bit and you know if it were to get pitched around again, like we obviously have all the information now that we need, but I have some changes that I wanted to make we were under the impression that there was going to be more of a back and forth in the emails, not like a one and done thing, because that's how we were told in the interview that it's going to be like, we're going to, we're going to work this idea. We're going to hone it. But at the end of the day, nothing's guaranteed until, you know, money's in the bank, you know? And I think as a comedian, we are so used to just a letdown and failure that it's kind of sad, but, uh, you know, I prepare more for the worst. It's almost than the cathartic, best. though. It's like it's like, yeah, just tell me it's done. I fucking knew from the yeah. second I emailed you, uh, this wasn't happening. Just lay it, it on me. 
it was one of those things where I was like, wait, this is maybe like a little different because there is the the possibility of the back and forth and this and that. But right. it was like, I well, remember. I mean, it's a good way for you. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, like, I remember, like, talking with, uh, I think it was Garrett and uh, Jameson, and uh, it all of a sudden dawned on me that we could just get rejected right here. And I was like, wait a second, like, why am I thinking that we're for sure moving forward, even though this is the wording that was used? Like, when, if it got to the actual top level, then I'm like, okay, like, it's probably going to get denied or whatever, but that would be cool to get to that level. But it didn't even cross my mind yeah. that we were going to get rejected at that stage until I was like walking one day and it just hit me. And I was like, holy shit, why was I in this fantasy world for so long? Like we could get rejected right here. And and it ended up uh, what happened. So. Well, <laughs> I mean, so. I think as a comedian, just getting in those meetings is kind of, uh, it's like, I feel like those meetings, like you look at, you listen to guys who are more advanced in their careers than guys like me or you, right? And and you mm-hmm. hear them talk about how many X amount of meetings, type of meetings they have like that, right? Yeah. So it's almost like open mics, you know, you get that first one out of the way on the game show yeah. thing. And then when it comes time around, you're like, I know these guys, I know the process. I've kind of yeah. been through the ringer before and I'm going to come with a different approach next time. Right. It, it is. That's exactly the, you know, the staying positive mindset for sure. Where it's like, you know, you keep <laughs> coming back harder. Uh, but on the other hand, all these, like the one thing that I was thinking is like all these old mentalities that we're used to in, in, you know, quote unquote show business or entertainment, I personally yeah. believe that they don't even exist anymore because of social media. Because now it's right. not about getting out there and like, you know, honing an idea and pitching it. It's about just doing it yourself. So it's like right. the idea of like pilot season, for example, doesn't exist with streaming platforms because they're filming all year round. And it's like, it's not about yeah. like, oh, I got to go down to Los Angeles for January or whenever pilot season is March or whatever. I got to be there because it's like, no, like, yeah, you could, there's still stuff happening for sure at that time, but it's so different because there are no rules anymore and people don't have to experiment. You know, maybe if this idea was on, uh, you know, ABC in 1992, they would have been like, yeah, you know what? Let's take a chance. It's a crazy concept. Let's see what happens. And we'll put a bunch of money into it. It fails. They're like, well, we just lost a bunch of money. What's the next idea? Right. So you don't yeah. need to do that anymore as a network. Like, you know, they, it is a weird thing where they kind of expect you to do most of the work and they're just giving you a platform now to, to be on. But a lot of people are saying no, because you have a podcast that has thousands of followers. You don't need to be anywhere because you're making the money. There's no middleman, you know, like it's going right to you. So it is like a, right. a bit of a learning curve, especially if you're from that, just get out there and grind mentality because there is a grind, but it's like also like a digital grind that's completely different. Right. Yeah. And it's across multiple platforms too, which mm-hmm. each have their own native content. You know what I mean? What yeah. what works on Instagram or TikTok might not necessarily translate on Facebook or Twitter. And exactly. you have to kind of tailor the content that you're making for each one of those. And you're expected to almost be an expert at every single one of those. 
and exactly. and almost have this brand built up that that when you get to that point they're just investing in a surefire thing like you're coming with an army of fans and they're just like you said they're giving you this platform to kind yeah. of, they're just dumping gas on the fire they're not going to take that chance yeah. anymore unless it's something stupid like tunnel of bees you know like some crazy you know something really stupid where it's just like yeah, how no. many bees can this yeah. <laughs> you know can <laughs> can they run through it they're like okay uh, you know we got to I mean? see like, what's happening here with it's like it, it is fucked up man because it's that's the thing right that's the world we're in right now and and maybe you know with the whole like covid thing it's going to get better it's going to get worse we don't know but it's definitely getting more digital that's for sure yeah i think it also is getting more um i the walls are stripped down now i really don't see the like the tonight show coming yeah. back in that same way you know like that sort of like glossy that sheen that super high level production uh, people yeah. don't because you know now it's broken down into this sort of thing this is what we're doing now is what you see on Sportsnet. you know they're just I zoom know. calling everything is just let's broadcast a zoom call now you know and, th- so, and that's that's the thing that really is in my opinion lowering the the expected quality as a viewer you know and that's what sucks where, you know, I'm not against Zoom comedy shows, okay? I've never done one, but I'm I've not. I've never done I'm, one either, yeah. I'm not against it. You know, like, I ha- I, I've i said no to them, but it's like, if you do them, that's fine. My problem is how shitty it looks. Like, do I want to see your head while you're sitting there looking out into a wall, like, <laughs> trying to do, like, crowd work to six heads on the bottom of the screen? Holding a microphone that isn't plugged yeah. into anything. Yeah, <laughs> you know? You know? But, but, I, but that being said, if there was, like, an actual proper production of like a two camera shoot where it's a full body shot and you literally have a two two camera switchboard one wide shot one close up then that to me is like why why aren't we doing that with zoom shows why like to a high level right we don't have to because like it's so instant now with everything that people don't care about quality like in production value no they really don't i think I was saying this to my girlfriend the other night. I was like, there needs to be somebody that comes up with something that's like a camera with like good audio and it's like all in one package and it connects to the internet and it can instantly yeah. connect to like a Zoom call. <laughs> and she's like, it's like, you mean like your fucking Yeah, you mean like a, like a cell phone? Like, <laughs> like, a cell phone. like I just came up and with I'm- the cell phone. <laughs> And imagine if you could even talk to people on yeah. it. Yeah, wow. You know? But it's like in my in my head, I was thinking of some like self-contained fucking like yeah. you know to increase the because you see on the news these people are talking into their 2011 MacBook Pros and it's like yeah you know like there should be at least like a standard like what we talked about yeah. like a standard We're- quality of audio. You know? We're getting like world changing advice from someone whose computer is like 15 years old. You know, it's like. Why, like, why are we supposed to listen to you when you're on a Skype call on your Acer computer? With the, uh, with the headphones that yeah. come with your iPhone with the microphone yeah. built into them right I, a little, Yeah, it's a little Madonna headset. It's like, what, what is happening here? But it is changing. Um, yeah. So, okay. So let's talk about your album now, man, because yeah, I man. think Minutia, that's the name of the album, uh, Minutia. Yeah. Minutia, yeah. And it's on all streaming platforms uh, by Comedy Records, uh, mm-hmm. who you've been with. You're like a day one guy with Comedy Records. You're day like the, one. one of the like Justice League 
Yeah. There would be no comedy <laughs> records without your participation. You're, yeah, you're we, part of the original crew. There. I was there when they broke ground. Yes, I was there from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I think this, the, honestly, so I've listened to the album. The album, like Minutia, I think should be the name of all of your comedy albums. Because that, yes. <laughs> like you are, have this unique ability to zoom in on like very specific things that like every time I hear one of your jokes, it's like, holy fuck, like that is like, yeah. I did not like, <laughs> I saw that, like everybody saw that, but you stopped yeah. and you looked at it and you're like, and you're, and you looked at it differently. Like, uh, for example, I'm just going to do only one of these, but like my favorite joke of yours is that not off this album, but just in terms of like watching you was about mm. breading bread. About oh, how yeah. you can fucking bread bread. And it's just <laughs> so funny because it's just saying the same word twice. But yeah. the fact that you looked at the bread as a as like a verb, like you looked at it how it's like two different ways to use it. Yeah. And um and minutia. So like off this album, like Doorwood, the home security sketch, man, like you can really feel the contempt of your father in that three minutes, bro. <laughs> you can feel the lifetime of antagonizing of your dad yeah. for not doing the right. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? That that door the, the door was definitely like a it's still like it to this day is still a thing, you know, like when I come, when I go to my parents' house, like, it's like the first thing, no matter what time is like, is the door locked? Like, did you lock the doors? And, and it's something that's been like a, a, a lifelong problem, but, uh, no, it's the funny. Wood. You, you got to get the fucking wood in there. Yeah. <laughs> the wood the, <laughs> it's the piece it, of wood. And, it, and it's funny because like, I didn't know if people knew about the wood and I remember oh, the like, wood. Oh Yeah. It's like, actually, to be honest with you, uh, a really like old thought that I had that I never knew how to um, like verbalize it properly to the audience. And I think like when my brain started evolving a bit in the comedy world and how to word things properly, it started making sense because I did it in Toronto when I was back there like last year. And it did really well at a couple shows. I was like, holy shit, like this might be a like a thing. Then I came back to LA. My friend had a show at the improv. And I'm like, I was kind of tired. And it was like my friend running the show. And obviously it's the improv, but it's like I wanted to do well, but it was like a low stress show and I was yeah. exhausted from flying. So I kind of just went off on the doorwood thing. And it was like really like hitting hard with the audience. And I was like, wait a second, is this like I actually stopped and I'm like, guys, like I'm from Canada. And uh, I'm like, is this something that you know about? And they all start like laughing and clapping. I'm like, holy shit. Like this is, it's pretty cool that this Doorwood thing is so relatable. Yeah, it's but, universal. Um, <laughs> but I did not know that it was, to be honest. And and uh, the side note, I'm actually thinking about uh, calling all my albums Onward Minutia, just with different color schemes on the album. The same clip art and the same... Um, idea it's just going to be like kind of like the carter like little way yeah, like the carter yes. two and three so yeah it'd be like minutia two yeah maybe reversed colors with like a different fingerprint color you know like it's going to essentially be that's what i wanted that's well that's I like you like that as a brand i was just gonna say like yeah. i was just gonna say the new thing is like well not the new thing but i i'm a lot of what people have been doing in this past eight months and the conversations i see and just the stuff that pops up from your algorithmic feeds are like 
you know, like what we've been talking about, why would I like own your own brand, come up with a yeah. brand, find a couple defining thing. And like, that is a, like I said at the top, bro, all your albums should be called minutia. And you're th- it's like, yeah. cause that is your style of comedy. Like that's your brand mm-hmm. and finding out what that sort of is, I think is the hardest thing. And then verbalizing and articulating that to the people. And then how do you package that message and send it out there is like the hard part, but man, getting yeah. the, getting the the work done of defining it and stuff like that is like is huge you know and that and that was the thing i was talking with someone the other day actually um about how i feel like in the past like i've been doing stand-up for almost 14 years next october so just over 13 years now and in the eighth to tenth year of you know i in my mind i feel like after my fifth year i was done with all industry in canada like i didn't do anything after that so that was like the mental growth the mental warfare phase where i was fighting my own thoughts i was getting through it but when i got through that phase from like five to eight or ten i feel like i finally learned how to like speak english on stage you know because i had these thoughts in my head that just made no sense when I when they got to my mouth. And by that point, I was like knowing how to, even though I don't know how to construct this sentence, I was knowing how to put it together that it made sense for the most part to the audience. If they found it funny, that's a different thing, but they got it, you know, and that to me was the most important right. thing. And that's where like the word minutia is because it's been flying around my brain for a couple of years. Cause I'm like, yeah, like, I think I like this. Like, I just need to do it with the right thing. You know, like, I don't even know how to spell yeah. it. Like I'm to this day, <laughs> copy and pasting it from Google because I'm so scared. I'm going to spell it wrong. And it's like, I just know that I like the word and it does what I needed to do. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't spell it. <laughs> well, that's great, man. Um, so comedy records, uh, minutia yeah. is the album. It's a combination stand-up comedy sketch album, man. So mm-hmm. I love that the bits interweave with the sketches. I'm not going to talk anymore about it because the people, I want them to listen to it. Um, but uh, yeah, man, thank you for, for being the first guest on this week. Thank with you Drew. for, thanks for having me as the, the first guest. I hope it was fun. I, yeah, I had a good man. time. Yeah, this is great. dude. <laughs> I haven't talked to you. I feel like I haven't talked to you in like a long time, man. So it's been a couple years, uh, yeah. for sure. I don't know. Cause I, yeah, like I remember we kept crossing paths and you were, uh, you kept doing that, uh, Saskatoon thing and I, yes. I never really saw you there. Cause I was like, cause yeah, we always were in and out of towns at different times, but yeah. I know. I, I feel like we never, there. like we lived in Toronto for a couple of years, but the only time I saw you was like in some butt fight. It would be like some I know. town in It was in like Canada. in the middle. <laughs> we were just- <laughs> somehow crossing past like a rest stop and, like, and we're like yeah oh, yeah yeah, yeah. You're like, what the fuck like there's no that's what a good thing about comedy though is you got yeah. buddies everywhere like there might it's be some true, guy man. in this town tonight who the fuck knows it is true but yeah, yeah man thanks for having me and uh, no problem yeah. dude congratulations on the album man thank you well, that was fun and insightful and informative. Hey, there you go. So that was my interview with Mark DeBonis. Thank you guys so much for watching this week. Check it out, man. Let's run the music. Bam! What the fucking blue do do So stay tuned. Uh, Monday podcast coming up because I got a fuck ton of sh- time soon.